Sometimes it's not so much about knowing what's going to happen, but opening ourselves up to just see what could occur. Hi, this is the Creative and Free Podcast, and I'm your host, Christina Hubbard. We're in the middle of a special series right now called On Pause, Healing Words from Everyday Artists During Isolation. This is episode number five. Today, I sit down with Patrice Gopo. She's an essayist and the author of All the Colors We Will See, Reflections on Barriers, Brokenness, and Finding Our Way. In her writing, she explores issues of race, immigration, and belonging, and her work has appeared in places like Catapult, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and she's even been nominated for a Pushcart Prize. It's not every day I get to talk with somebody so well-qualified, but I think beyond that, you will find that Patrice is the kind of person that makes you want to lean in, hear more, and just grab some of her enthusiasm for learning about the world. She's a brilliant conversationalist, a graciously loving person, and I love the way she connects ideas and challenges me to learn all I can during this strange time we're all in. Hi, Patrice. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a real honor to be here. So we were just talking about how you live in North Carolina, but it's not that warm. (laughs) Not right now, which I'm trying to determine if this is seasonably unusual. So are we having a cool April or am I just not remembering correctly what happens normally in the course of the weather? But for some reason, I feel like Right now in history, I would have been wearing my spring clothes regularly, and I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt right now, so it's raining outside. Uh, I mean, it's kind of unusual times anyways, because the fact that I remain in my house generally all the time, I've kind of debated with myself, how dressed up do you need to get every day anyways? (laughs) So those are small concerns, though. Well, and, and clothing sometimes represents how we feel a bit too. I felt that at Easter. I was like, I want to get dressed up. And here we are in our PJs watching church on Easter Sunday. It's true. I think there's something interesting about that too, Christina, because for Easter as well, for us, we did all get dressed up. My mother, we went to her church by joining her in her you know, online service. And she requested that we all get dressed up in our various places. And so we did. And it was really, I felt like it was a special thing for us to do. And I even, you know, took pictures of my daughters like I would normally do. And it, I think it did something for my day and the way I was able to view that Easter, even though it was very dramatically different than it has been in the past. I guess it was this idea that there are ways we can still connect to what we've experienced before and maybe bring that into this different season. So I have thought about that in relationship to clothes. So I started doing something new this year where I built capsule wardrobes for my different seasons. So it's kind of taking 
making a really pared down wardrobe where you have a couple different items that all generally go with each other. And right before we began this shelter in place thing, I had built the capsule wardrobe for spring. And about two weeks in, I looked up and thought, you haven't worn anything in that wardrobe. And I thought, I'm going to start wearing it. I'm going to start wearing things generally, even if I'm just kind of around here. So you're wearing your spring stuff? Well, regularly? not today. Not today today I'm just wearing okay. my sweatshirt because it's raining outside. <laughs> but other days I have been. Yeah. I love that. So, you know, sometimes our outer, whatever we wear, reflects how we feel. What What are some of the emotions that you have experienced during this quarantine, during isolation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the reality, when I think about the emotions I've experienced, I feel like I'm probably like many of us out there where I have experienced a range of emotions that there have been these moments of truly just like deep fear when you think about what is happening in the world, when you think about the number of lives impacted, when you think about the idea that in many ways, medical systems aren't able to handle what's happening. And then of course, there's obviously that sense of uncertainty that is going on. So I think some of those emotions have contributed to just I would say a sense of anxiety that I didn't even realize I was carrying with me, um, but I felt it manifest in physical places in my body. So I think our bodies very much reflect our emotional state and what it is we might be feeling. So I have had some of those experiences and yet coupled with that, there's also been some very sweet moments I've had with my family because we have slowed down in ways I just don't feel like we've ever slowed down before. And we've sat with each other more. There's just been more time for telling jokes or reading books wanted to read. And, and so I think honestly, Christina, I don't know what to do with some of that tension that you feel between the reality of what is happening out there and the devastation and the horrors that might be happening. And yet at the same time, maybe on your own personal, level in your tiniest personal space, there are aspects of almost blossoming occurring. And so I think it's just a really strange thing to hold together there. I don't know if you've seen some of these articles out there that are talking about the ways in which our environment and the natural world are coming back to life because we as human beings are ceasing our movements and ceasing to engage. And I am fascinated with these things and fascinated with this idea that while brokenness is happening in one sphere of our world, there's healing happening in another sphere of our world. And I just sometimes think late at night when you really shouldn't be doing tons of thinking because it gets you nowhere good. I just sit up and think, what is going on? What does this mean? <laughs> what, you know, what should we be taking from this? Or maybe this is just the reality of a broken world that there actually aren't easy answers or easy solutions or easy ways of thinking about what might be happening. What has shifted for you creatively during this time? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's interesting for me because I actually leading up to this season of now that we are in this sense of quarantine and staying at home, I was going through this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it's a week 
kind of recovering your creativity book. And I, I will just be very honest, after my book released about a year and a half ago, I have been, I feel like spinning creative wheels, not getting anywhere really. And so at the start of January, I started going through this program and it was really infusing my life with this sense of the importance of creation, of being part of making things, engaging in creative space. So that was already happening. But I think one of the things, once we entered into this new phase of being part of this you know, global pandemic, is I noticed myself pulling back from writing that I didn't want to write. So I was creating in other types of ways. I was, I started getting into watercolors a little bit. I was, I even baked bread, one, which I don't really do that a whole lot. Um, just other ways in which I felt like I was participating in this idea of creating because part of being alive, I think, is creating. And and then about, I guess about three or four, three weeks, three weeks maybe into all of this, or maybe even a little less than that, something came upon me that I wanted to start writing again. And I really felt myself being drawn back into words and thinking about words and participating in the artistic endeavor of bringing words together. And I, in that time, as I started getting back into it, one of the first significant things I created was I wrote a poem, which we'll talk about a little bit later, which that felt very new to me. And so in a way, I felt like I was engaging with words, but in a way that was different from how I typically engage with words. So I'm a prose writer, I'm an essayist. And to write a poem, it felt almost risky to me that I'm trying something I don't really do. And yet I thought to myself, but you tried watercolors, which you don't really do either. So, so anyways, all that to say, I think my creativity has been a bit all over the map, but it, it's in coming together, I suppose, it might be the thing I'll say about that. So trying new things, does that help you assimilate some of those tensions that you're wrestling with? You know, it's interesting. That's an interesting question. Does it help me assimilate the tensions or maybe it gives me an outlet for some of the tensions I'm feeling that maybe it takes my spinning mind. And I, I think I have very much this mind that's just constantly spinning and I can spin with ideas or spin with concern. And I think maybe even in the act of focusing on something you're creating, it takes all of that spinning that's happening and has some sort of place to put it and some place to focus it. And so maybe that has felt calming to me to do that, to be part of that. Because one thing I have noticed as I have continued to maybe delve into some of these different artistic endeavors and even to journal more is that those acts have helped to slow my mind a little bit. So I'm not just pondering everything that might be happening out there in the world. Many of the things that I actually don't have control over and can't necessarily fix or change uh, in this particular moment. And so 
maybe that's it. I think it's more that it gives me an outlet to enter into a greater form of calm and peace. Mm, That's beautiful. Are there any spiritual practices that have helped you? So I will say, well, I, I guess I don't know if I would call them spiritual practices, but I think they feel spiritual to me. Journaling has been wonderful for me. And so when I talked about earlier struggling to write, it wasn't so much that I was struggling to put words out there in the form of my journal, but more that I was struggling to put together essays or put together, uh, yeah, really put to work on essays and work on my projects that are often out there. But, but journaling has been something I've really valued. And I have, I have my own journal that I write in, but I also started keeping a journal, particularly for these times, not so much that I have visions of what I would do with it, but just because I want to remember some of the different moments that have been part of the time of life that we are all living through. And I think something I've observed is that as time passes, what felt maybe shocking three weeks ago now just feels so normal that you don't even think to reflect on it. And so I think that's part of why I've wanted to capture that. And I honestly will say, Christina, I resisted writing about particularly these times for a while. I ended up reading um, or listening to a podcast or maybe reading a podcast where the person, oh, Ann Croker, she spoke about the idea, the value of this. And I had heard it in other places too. And I think at that point when she mentioned it, I thought, you know, I really should just take some notes and take some observations. And that's been helpful for me as well. I think there's something about putting words on paper that can allow us to maybe slow down our thoughts a little bit and reflect on what it is we're experiencing. And in that process, we can help to maybe create meaning out of some of the things that we might be feeling. And I think that just helps. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It just helps. (laughs) Yeah, correct. I can't wait to hear your poem that you wrote. Tell me about the oh. process of that before yeah, you read it for us. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I wrote this poem, which I think doesn't even really have a title right now. I was thinking earlier today, I know I was going to get on this, uh, come in this conversation with you. And I, maybe it's just as simple as the end of March is the name of this poem, at least for now. And I, um, I wrote it one afternoon when I was sitting down and thinking, you know, I really would like to try and write something. And I, I was doing an activity where I would read a psalm, a psalm of lament. And from the psalm of lament, I would then pull phrases or words that really struck me and almost use those phrases and words as my springboard into what it was that I might write. So I was doing that and as I was kind of pulling things and I was looking at these different words, I really thought, what am I gonna write about here though? What am I gonna write? And I just remembered these bright red tulips that I had seen on my walk in my neighborhood, maybe the day before. And they just, the image was present there. And I thought, I'm going to write about these tulips because they 
felt like they captured my attention even in that moment and they've stayed with me. And I think there's something here that's speaking to me about the tulips themselves, but the fact that images often serve as metaphors for much broader experiences and broader feelings. And so I just set about writing and I let the words come. I set my timer for maybe five minutes to just see what would happen. And when I finished, I looked back and I thought, I think this might maybe be the beginning of a poem that I can go through and shape it into a poem and we'll just see what happens. So that was how it came about. I love that. Just see what happens. Yeah, exactly. See what happens. I think, I think that's sometimes how I feel for people who are leaning into their creativity and we all are people who have creativity, that sometimes it's not so much about knowing what's going to happen, but opening ourselves up to just see what could occur. Mm. It's beautiful to, to create like that because things happen. Yeah, they do. I think magic can happen in those spaces. And I think the reality is it doesn't always happen and that's okay. But I think that sense of openness can really create an environment for some magical things to occur. Mm. All right. I can't wait to hear this. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read. What did I say I was going to call it? The end of March? So let's I love that. End of March. Okay. I saw red tulips the other day, their bodies rising from a mound of mulch gathered around the base of a tree, red faces lifted toward dawn. I saw tulips and a vision unraveled before me, arose to meet my waking moments, a vision much like where I travel in sleep. But I walked on pavement and spring scent delivered me from defaulting to naming that a dream. Instead of a dozen blooms, I saw, not dreamt, I saw tens of thousands of crimson tulips blanketing a wide field, rising to the horizon, soaked in morning's streaks. Thank you for joining us today. I strongly urge you to go out to Patrice's website, patricegopo.com, and grab a copy of her book, All the Colors We Will See. Another way to read it in a beautiful way is to listen to it on Audible. She has a wonderful narrating voice. If you listen to this podcast via iTunes, would you please go out and leave it a review and a star rating? It really helps people to find us. In the next episode, author Kate Motung joins me to talk about putting less pressure on ourselves to be productive and broadening our perspective that God is in control. Until then, in the words of John O'Donohue, may you live this day compassionate in heart, clear in word, gracious in awareness, courageous in thought, generous in love.